Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome Catherine Swift to the program. Catherine and I have had a few conversations over the years, mostly during her tenure as the president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Catherine is now with a group called Working Canadians and is here to talk about debt, personal debt. And oh, brother, there's a lot to talk about. Catherine, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's great to be on the show. Canadians took on less debt in the first half of 2019, but the total amount we owe is still growing and our debt-to-disposable income ratio, Catherine, holds steady at 177%, which is just below the record high we set last year. And if it holds, it's likely to set a new record this year. This is not a trend we want to continue. Uh, No kidding. And I think the only reason there was a little bit of a dip there was because there was a pause in the housing market. Because, of course, a lot of this debt is housing-related in the highly overpriced markets, you know, the big cities in Canada, Toronto, Vancouver, notably. Um, But, yeah, it's it's worrisome in general. On the one hand, there is some logic to taking on some debt when interest rates are low. Sure. But we've been more than... (laughs) more than spectacular at accomplishing that in Canada over the last few years. And, of course, well, there's lots of risks. Uh, naturally, interest rates increasing is a huge risk, because suddenly that mortgage that was very affordable at mm-hmm. 3.5%, at 4%, is not anymore, and, and you know so on for other forms of debt that, that Canadians take on. But I think, really, one of the, one of the really probably even more worrisome elements of this is this has been happening and this this goes for governments too by the way because they've been taken on debt as well but this has been happening during good economic times exactly when we have good employment numbers you know we most people are working and and making an okay buck and so on we all the, the signs of recession right now are you know screaming uh, it's imminent and naturally this debt that may seem affordable now will suddenly become quite the contrary when the economy slows people start to lose jobs maybe they get fewer hours at a job or whatever so this is kind of and that that's the worry about government debt too you know when you get indebted at a time when things are relatively good you make yourself very vulnerable to change and sadly you know, nobody's figured out how to avoid recessions yet, and I don't think we're going to do that uh, this time around either. Well, Catherine, that's a, you're you're talking about Keynesian economics, aren't you? When in I good time, when in good times, set aside money for when the times aren't so good, and then you're not as on the ropes as you might otherwise be. It's a pretty practical formula that's been followed by previous administrations in this country with great success. The current administration, and to be fair, the Harper administration before it. Uh, paid no attention to that and just spent like drunken sailors. It seems well, to be. I'm going to forgive Harper a little bit because we did have a whacking great recession in 2008. That's true. So you know you're right, uh, and I, from my personal you know sort of biased, I guess you could say standpoint, uh, and I've been you know unfortunately or fortunately very close to government all of my career, mm-hmm. and I see the waste, and the waste is, <laughs> I'll tell you, under any a particular political party, the waste is quite uh, unfortunately large. But um, this time around, Trudeau doesn't even have that excuse. 
that that we've had rough economic times, and they've been spending like crazy. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And the funny thing about I mean, I am an economist, right? So that's <laughs> my background. But the funny thing about Keynes is that governments always use it as an excuse to spend. Oh, mm-hmm. Keynes, he like that famous economist. He said spending is good because it stimulates the economy. But they forget that the flip side of what exactly what you just said, and and the flip side of Keynesian economics was you save in good times so you can afford to stimulate things when things are bad. And people always forget about that sort of 50% of Keynesian economics, which is the saving part. <laughs> That's right. Now, you met, you've met, you identified yourself correctly as an economist, and yes. I want to just go back to a conversation I had last half hour with Diane Francis. Oh, yeah. And we were, we were talking about the trade war, the Trump penchant for trade uh, aggression. Uh, and uh, every economist that I've ever talked to, uh, literally of all political persuasions, and I, so I put the question to you two, because everyone to this point, Kathy, has said to me point blank nobody ever wins a trade war do you agree yeah i i think that's true mind you as with pretty much everything nothing's black and white right uh, and and this particular i know I, i've read a lot of sort of coverage lately that's been talking about well if we have a recession it's all due to trump and i'm no by the way i'm no trump fan so i'm not not trying to defend it but to be fair before this trade war started with china um, China's growth was already slowing. We already saw some of the powerhouses of Europe, Germany, as an example, economy slowing. So we already saw this trend, but the, I think the key is this trade war could be the catalyst that kicks us sort of over the, over the edge into recession. Right. Things were already sort of on the, you know, on the decline. So, um, you know, but yeah, nobody wins a trade war. It's been done for centuries. If you, if you go back in history, countries trying to take each other on. But I think the challenge in our modern uh, global, very integrated global economy is that China behaves disgracefully, <laughs> disgracefully. They're huge. They're throwing their weight around. Their current leadership is is a very uh, dictatorial. You know, they've they've got, they say there's it hasn't been a centralized power in China since Mao, which is saying something. And we we need to uh, we we being the developed world, I guess. Right. Uh, we need to push back against that, against the the theft of intellectual property, against the fact that these government supported corporations are coming in and cleaning our, you know, cleaning our domestic companies' clocks, and these domestic companies are not subsidized by government, and, you know, and so on and so forth. You bet, so yeah. the challenge is, how do, we, how do we accomplish that without hurting ourselves? And it's, it's a big challenge. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Catherine Swift is with us, representing working Canadians. We're talking about Canadians and our debt levels. Uh, the average, by the way, just before we go to break, uh, Catherine, for your commentary quickly, the average debt load of a Canadian looking for help from perhaps a, an insolvency trustee or a credit counselor, the average debt load is 30000 bucks on top of any mortgage and 20 years ago the average debt was $12,000 that's a considerable gap uh, in a very relatively speaking short period of time it is and even accounting for inflation yeah. you know that's still quite a jump and as i as i mentioned earlier low interest rates you know there is some logic to say okay interest rates are low you know i can i can uh, purchase that whatever it is on on credit uh, and and it's affordable for me but of course a lot of people don't think ahead and and if if circumstances change you're locked into say a five-year mortgage or whatever it happens to be and then after that five years is up 
big trouble. And that's, you know, we've seen it before in Canada. When mm. In the 80s, when the oil, in the oil crisis, that a lot of people in Alberta, for example, found their, their homes were worth less than the mortgage they owed on it. So that's they walked right. away. I mean, mm-hmm. we, don't want, we, we don't want that kind of fiasco. And in 2008, we saw the U.S. housing market go into Negative even equity. more extreme, yeah. uh, you know, extreme problems. So, yep, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough cut cookie, and, and nobody can predict precise timing on a recession. But nevertheless, um, this is a problem, and it's a big problem for every Canadian. I'm quoting now from workingcanadians.ca, Catherine. We are volunteers who are concerned that government leaders, often influenced by union bosses, are making decisions that drive up taxes, debt, and deficits. This makes it harder for Canadians to get ahead and for businesses to create jobs. This is uh, the mission statement describing working Canadians. And uh, we've seen uh, of course, the the manager of the economy right now is someone who has the apparent belief that budgets somehow magically balance themselves, uh, and we're we're not seeing a lot of magic so far. No, no, those rabbits aren't getting pulled out of those hats very much these days, are they? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I I still, although I have retired from CFIB after 30 years uh, having fun and, and uh, hopefully some success uh, defending the small and medium-sized business community in this country, which is uh, not only the number one job creator, but it represents about half the economy, which is oh, not sure. uh, exactly a fringe group there, and, and a group that we know this particular Liberal government in Ottawa, un- unlike previous ones, by the way, and I do want to, you know, this isn't a partisan issue, uh, the current Liberal government uh, in Ottawa seems to disdain small and medium-sized businesses. Trudeau effectively called them tax cheats. They implemented some really foolish changes in the way small businesses are taxed, which were not necessitated by any. Uh, They changed rules that have been in place and working well for 40 years. You know, uh, nothing but uh, ideological-driven policy, uh, which is, you know, usually uh, bad policy, and it certainly has been in this case. So, yes, we have governments that have taken on massive amount of debt, spent our money, uh, often foolishly. I mean, sometimes you can say, well, I don't really like the fact I'm taxed so highly, but I agree with, you know, I agree with what that government just did, so I'll kind of, you know, swallow hard and, right. and accept it. But that's not the case, unfortunately. And, boy, we're coming up to an election, as we all know, and uh, it's, it's a big election for Canada. It's a very big election for Canada, not just from an economic standpoint, and as I alluded to before the break there, Sterling, you know, we are on the precipice of recession, mm-hmm. one way or the other. Uh, recessions typically happen once a decade. The last one was 2008, so, you know, the math isn't that complicated. Exactly. Um, so it, it, this is the time that it, we all should be focusing our minds on our economic future, but also unity of the country. I think you're based out in B.C., are you not? I am, yes. yes. And Western Canada, and I get out there a fair bit. I have a lot of friends and, you know, colleagues and so on out there. And boy, this, the outcome of this election is going to be huge for national unity. And if any Canadian is, <laughs> is unaware of that, they should come up that learning curve quickly. Because if we value our wonderful country, because we do have a wonderful country, uh, we should think long and hard about what the outcome of this election is going to mean on that uh, score. 
Indeed. Back to the whole matter of personal debt. And you talked earlier, and I think quite legitimately, about the fact that it's awfully enticing with the near historic low interest rates that are are at play and have been now for quite some time. There's a whole new group of consumers in the workplace and in the marketplace who have never experienced interest rates beyond a very civilized something south of 5%. And there's also this notion, too, that I wanted you to speak to from your from your econ- economist point of view. There are, There's this notion of good debt, Catherine, yeah, versus yeah. bad debt. Bad Absolutely. debt being high interest credit cards and, and that sort of thing. Good debt being low interest loans to make investments. Talk about that. Is that still at play? Is there still good versus bad debt? Yes, uh, absolutely there is. And and you make a very good point about the fact that a lot of, and I have, I have two kids, you know, 30 and 33. They both just in the last couple of years bought some real estate and they're coming up the learning curve, which sadly our public education system abysmally ignores. Agreed. Base, very basic financial literacy, but that's a topic for another day. Sure but, is. You know, they don't know that in the 1980s we had interest rates of 22% Canadians, mm-hmm. 22%. Yep. And by the way, guess who the prime minister was then? Not a oh, Trudeau. Shucks. I think his last name was Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> so governments that spend like mad, they affect the overall economy, the value of our dollar. And by the way, we haven't, haven't mentioned that yet, but uh, the value of our dollar right now is one of the reasons we see Canadians very concerned with the cost of living. Right. We have our government in Ottawa saying, oh, things are wonderful, the economy's great. And yet all these public opinion polls and other you know, research and surveys show people are amazingly concerned about their standard of living because they see everything getting more expensive. And our dollar is one reason that's happening, and tax increases are another. But on the good and bad debt issue, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, typically a mortgage on a house, because houses, over time... Uh, tend to appreciate. They go up mm-hmm. and down. So timing matters, obviously. But you're right. The g- good debt tends to be when you have an appreciating asset. And uh, real estate is the classic, you know, the classic example of that. Sure. Less good debt is probably something like a car, which is, a, is still a valuable thing that most people want to have, but a depreciating asset over time, it goes Definitely. down. And then credit card debt, the worst. I know in my, like with my kids, I say that's the one you never, ever, <laughs> never have that kind of debt. And even though we talk about low interest rates, low interest rates don't exist on credit cards. So oh, that's true. Some of them are still cruising around 18 to 20% if you add in, you know, sort of the accumulated rates. So uh, you're absolutely right. The, you know, it's not that debt is bad. We need to take on debt, most of us. Uh, to buy a house and, and sensible things like that. So you're absolutely right. Debt, the type of debt matters. Interesting. You know, I was uh, fortunate enough to host Charles Adler live across this network last night, and we, we were talking about what might be a, a critical election issue for you. And every caller, we didn't get a chance to take too many calls, Catherine, but every person who called identified the management of the economy. Wow. It does, it's wow. not about health care or education or yeah. affordability yeah. or all of these other buzzwords. Every caller last night was on about the government's ability or distinct lack thereof to effectively manage the economy. That was their concern. Interesting, eh? I'm glad to hear, I'm really glad to hear that because often, you know, I mean, it's not people's fault. 
everybody goes about their day-to-day lives. They're not all weirdo political junkies like I am mm-hmm. that pay attention to these things in obsessive detail sometimes. But, you know, I'm glad to hear that simply because they should be concerned. We see so many warning signals uh, internationally and within Canada, and the debt issues that we're talking about today are, you know, a classic warning signal. And so, I mean, I'm sort of glad, I mean, I'm not happy people are worried, but I'm, I'm glad they're recognizing that because that is an enormously important issue we should all be focusing on, paying attention to. And, of course, again, we have an imminent election, so that has to factor in. I mean, right now we're still kind of, uh, you know, it's August, we're still in summer mode, but post-Labor Day, which isn't too far away, week or so, um, everybody's going to be homing in on, okay, what, what are the important issues to me in this election? And economic management or mismanagement uh, by government has to be a, a, a classic one. And as you alluded to earlier, Trudeau doesn't seem to understand that budgets don't balance themselves, that he can spend like a fiend our money and debt money, not money they have in the kitty, but money they are borrowing. They, they're spending it like crazy when our economy is doing, you know, fairly well, as, yeah. as most of the world economy is right now. So it's, it's, it's a big, big worry. And like I say, I'm sort of perversely, <laughs> I'm perversely happy people are worried about it. But, uh, you know, obviously we'd much prefer everybody was not having to be worried about it. <laughs> Catherine, not a lot of time left here. And I wanted to ask you about interest rates. The president of the United States is exerting tremendous pressure on his Fed to reduce interest rates. They've done one cut. Uh, it, do you see any interest rate reductions coming from the Bank of Canada? Yeah, I do. I do. And, and uh, I, I, frankly, I don't think politicians should ever interfere with their central bankers, uh, Canada, U.S., whatever. And I, don't, I, I think what Trump's doing is, is not uh, acceptable. But from a pure, again, pure economic standpoint, I absolutely do. And, of course, we're so tied to the U.S. But, you know, but the other thing, I mentioned the dollar earlier and the fact that a, a weak dollar, and we, we have a fairly weak dollar right now, yep. a weak dollar costs us all money. It, it impacts our standard of living in a bad way. So if we see a decrease in interest rates, guess what, folks? That's going to mean our, mean our dollar weakens against the U.S. dollar and our cost of living goes up even more. Catherine, thanks very much for this. It's a real pleasure to have you on the program and uh, to talk uh, some financial sense with a, with a veteran of uh, Canadian Federation of Independent Business and now with Working Canadians. And I'm going to direct our listeners to your new activity, uh, workingcanadians.ca. You can learn lots more about what Catherine Swift and her colleagues are up to. Thanks very much, Catherine. Great to speak to you. Thank you. My pleasure. Workingcanadians.ca is the website. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.